It is now time for the pregame podcast. Where we talk about a whole bunch of different things this week. Uh, We're talking about some sports opinion people like us, some big stars in the NBA, and of course, some brand new fresh blood in the NFL. Yep, and that fresh blood already getting their first taste of what it's like to be in the NFL. And some of those players, uh, some of those players tasting a little bit of victory, but others tasting defeat. Well, Dan, that's kind of how football works. Sometimes you win, sometimes you lose. I I know that's how it works. I know that's how it works. But we'll be talking about our expectations for some of those new young rookie quarterbacks coming up in the show. And as we talked about, a a couple of other topics, including big star in the NBA. So uh, we we can talk about what we're going to talk about for a while. But how about we just get the show started? How does that sound? That sounds good to me. Winners and losers time here on the pregame podcast. Kalen, who is your winner this week? My winner this week is the one, the only Washington football team. Okay, okay. The only team in the (laughs) NFC East to win in week one. Yes, I don't think the Washington football team being on top of the division one weekend was exactly what anyone was expecting. But here we are here. Here we are. Here we are. (laughs) 2020 with a new surprise. But honestly, I I think they're my real winner, not only because they won, but because they looked like the most put together team in the division. They also didn't have any injuries during the game against the Eagles. They're still put together. The Eagles have lost like five players and have lost pretty much half their starting uh, offensive lineup already. Like they're looking bad. Washington football team, no injuries. They look put together. They looked in sync. They look ready to go. They're my winner this week. They're looking poised to win the division. At the moment, this may change. Obviously, folks, I'm not saying anything here. Right now. Oh, this is far too early to call that. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. This is way too early to say anything like that. But I'm using it as a reference point of them being the most put together team and ready to roll week one. Who knows? They might cap out at this level of uh, play, which isn't going to win them the division, but you never know. Anyway, that's my winner this week, Dan. Who are you looking at as a winner this week? My winner this week is the Los Angeles Lakers. Ask me why. Okay, Dan, why? Because they are currently looking at the other game to decide their uh, Western Conference final opponent, which by the time you're listening to this, you're going to hear the result. The result was or the game was played the night before. But we are recording it the the night before. So as we speak, the Nuggets and the Clippers are in Game 7. And no matter what, I think the Lakers are winners in this scenario. Either A, they get a Nuggets squad that managed to somehow beat the Clippers and would probably be pretty easy competition for them. Or B, they get a Clippers squad that has been exposed. They are not the powerhouse, you know, duo, like number 1A and number 1B in the West that everyone was thinking between the two Los Angeles teams. Instead, the Clippers, come on, you got to be better than seven games against the Nuggets. Yeah, but do you? I mean, all you got to do is win the series, right? It doesn't matter if it goes to seven games. Granted, it shouldn't go to seven games, but I think everyone's underestimating this Nuggets team. They're gritty, they're tough, and they're young, and honestly... They got more energy than the Clippers at this point. So, I mean, obviously that's in progress as we speak, but I caught the highlights from game six and the Clippers just looked a little bit tired, you know? So maybe the youth is playing uh, playing favorite Denver. Who knows? But don't underestimate the Nuggets. They're a good squad. I'm not underestimating them. All I'm saying is that the Lakers are either going to get a gassed Clippers squad that has been exposed or they're going to get a Nuggets squad, which they should be able to outclass despite the Nuggets strength. I'll say that. So Indeed. No, no matter I, what, they're going to be winners. And that's that's just the way it is. I agree with you. But on the flip side, instead of winners, let's talk about losers. Kalen, who's your loser this week? Oh, Dan, oh, Dan, oh, Dan. My loser is the one, the only Tom Brady in the Buccaneers. Specifically, Tom, who in his debut with the Bucks decided he was going to throw two interceptions. I believe one of them was a pick six as well, if I'm recalling off the top of my head. 
Not looking good, Tom. Not looking good. Uh, looks like the uh, best quarterback in the NFL, statistically, can't learn a new playbook, at least for week one. I mean, either that or he's just picking up where um, Jameis Winston left off down there in Tampa. <laughs> well, that's been the joke now, hasn't it? So yeah, we'll yeah. see what happens with him. But uh, not a good start to his uh, Florida career there. No, no, it is not. Not quite the start he wanted. But anyway, Dan, that's my loser this week. Who is your loser for the week? Well, of course, you brought up Tom Brady not having a good week one. And I'm going to bring up two squads that didn't have a week one. Honestly, if you look at all the matchups in week one, they were the only two matchups where I think the team that should have won did not win. And they are both teams in the NFC East. Both the Eagles and the Cowboys are going to be losers this week. Oof. I'm keeping it fair among both of our favorite teams. We both you're of our right. teams stunk it up week one. Eagles, Look, I'm not saying you're wrong or right. Eagles obviously underperformed against a, in my opinion, inferior Washington football team squad. And then also you guys had so many injuries, as you mentioned. It was a, a real tough go about for the Philadelphia Eagles. And then the Cowboys, first off, the questionable, debatable aggression with that offensive pass interference call at the end of the game, I I think that was a little bogus, of course. They got caught by that. you know. So a little bit of luck not going in their favor. And plus, I think that the Rams squad is, I don't know, I don't think that they're nearly as competitive as the squad we know of two years ago with Todd Gurley and when they made their Super Bowl appearance. So I thought that we should have had that game, not super handedly, but like semi-handedly. You know, we, we should have had something there. Right. But... Uh, it's unfortunate to lose even, you know, by a slim three point margin. There was, you know, a, a lot of blame could be spread amongst a couple of different factors on the team. So they're both my losers this week. Plus, I guess that makes me a de facto loser since if that pass interference call didn't happen and the Cowboys went on to win that game, I would have had a seven way parlay hit and uh, I would have won 40 bucks off a of FanDuel. So upset. Not sponsored, by the way. Not sponsored. Gamble responsibly. So, Dan, then I guess you're right. You are a de facto loser with the Cowboys then this week. Yeah, I, I listen, I put seven, seven like factors into that bet. It was like 40 to like 40 to one payout and it just didn't hit. So upsetting. Rip. Those are my losing squads for the week. The Cowboys and the Eagles, both teams underperformed. Hopefully we can do better in week two. The Eagles won't be good until at least week four. I'm saying it now. Well, you got you got injury bugs to fight off already. That's you know. That's what I'm saying. The we Cowboys just the need season. to tighten it up. Yeah, we started the season with injuries. We're we continued the injury issue. Yeah, it's the week four at the earliest. As the NBA playoffs continue to push on and you know approach the big finale in the upcoming weeks, the big news circulating right now is what does the future hold for one Giannis Antetokounmpo? Obviously, the Bucks not very successful, knocked out just short of the Eastern Conference Finals by the Miami Heat. And now the onus is, what is Giannis going to do? The man uh, is in line to receive a second MVP potentially this season. And many are wondering if he's going to stay in Milwaukee or if he's going to take his talents elsewhere. And that's exactly what we are going to be discussing today. Kalen, how hot of a topic do you think this is? It's up there with LeBron free agency, I think, just because of Giannis's prominence in the league at this point. He's in the top, at least the top 10 of, you know, players to talk about. I'd, I'd say he's arguably in the top five. But realistically, I don't know if we're going to talk about it as much as we do with LeBron, because LeBron will come out and openly say, I'm leaving Cleveland after this season. You know, like, like it will be three quarters of the way through the season going into the final playoff, like the finals. And it's kind of like, yeah, we already know LeBron's leaving, you know, with Giannis, he really hasn't come out and openly been like, you know, leaning towards leaving. He hasn't openly said anything. So to me, I think it's just more of a conversation because we don't know what he's going to do. When LeBron announces he's leaving, he doesn't say where he's going. It's like, all right, well, who's, who's able to get him? Who wants to get him? You know, I don't know that everyone's going to be jumping ship. Uh, to free up cap space for Giannis, to be honest with you. Really? Um, you you don't think that if a team 
is in a considerable like like th they don't have the space fully, but they're close. You don't think they would try to make some moves in an attempt to sign, as I said, someone who very well in a couple of weeks could be named to a back to back MVP. I think some teams would do that. I'm just saying I don't think the whole league is going to do that because I don't think Giannis is a good fit for the whole league. Like putting Giannis on your roster doesn't mean you're instantly going to the conference finals like like with the Lakers when LeBron went to the Lakers, you know, they and granted that wasn't instantaneous. It took two seasons and getting Anthony Davis in there and a couple other pieces. But at the same time, I don't think picking up Giannis solves a lot of teams problems. I, I think. You know, it's a great pickup. It's a great move, but I don't think it's a he's a problem solver because he's not an instant guarantee win. You know, he's an instant you're going to get in the playoffs and that's fine. Like that's a mark of a really talented, really good player. But at the same time, a lot of teams are looking for the player that can put them in the championship. Right. Like, honestly, Philadelphia should have kept Jimmy Butler because Jimmy Butler. Oh, God, we're just part of the reason. We're just that sliding back to this conversation again. Yeah, this yeah, is yeah. last week all over. The process we, we has failed. Do. The process has failed. We always do. We always slide back to that. But oh my god! No, I just don't think he's going to be a hot ticket. I think he's lukewarm ticket. Like there's going to be some serious interest, but it's not going to be league wide. You know, because just some people, some teams aren't looking for that. They're not looking for Giannis's shaped puzzle piece. If that makes sense, you know, it doesn't fit the hole that they have in their puzzle. Well, um, it's it's very interesting that you compared him to LeBron James initially because this is very similar to when LeBron James left Cleveland the first time. You know, it if, is. If you look at the progression of their career, it was after his seventh season when he lost in the series prior to the Eastern Conference Finals to the Celtics where LeBron James decided to take his talents, as he famously said, to South Beach. And here we have Giannis, who just finished his seventh season. He lost a series before the Eastern Conference Finals. Now, granted, his free agency is not this coming offseason. It is the following offseason. He's still due for $27 million from the Bucks in the 2020-2021 season. But I do want to say this. I do want to say that like the parallels are kind of there. Now, am I saying that Giannis Antetokounmpo is going to be considered on the same level of LeBron James when he reaches LeBron James's age? I don't know. Probably not. LeBron James is probably not is, is arguably the best player to ever play the game of basketball. Now, I'm not going to bring up the whole LeBron versus Jordan argument. That's yeah, that, that's not what we're talking about today. But I think the point being is you had a lot of like lukewarm reception to Giannis potentially being not as much of a hot commodity as you know many people would think but I don't know like if you look at how LeBron LeBron's career you know traversed and everything he ended up moving teams and then he won he won a championship I don't know if it's going to be as cold of a reception on Giannis Antetokounmpo as you think obviously he's got to play out one more year with the Bucks do you think this upcoming year with the Bucks really kind of determines whether he stays or he goes I think if the Bucks are knocked out in the first or second round next year, I would say Giannis would seriously think about leaving. And the reason I say that is because we're already talking about him leaving Milwaukee because, oh, Milwaukee hasn't gotten it done. They didn't go to the finals. They didn't get past the second round this year. And you can only deal with being the best team in the East via record and not getting to the finals for so long. You know what I mean? Like it, that eats at you as a player, but you're the best team in your conference. You should be going through the playoffs and you shouldn't even be thinking about the first and second round. You should be thinking about the third. You should be thinking about the conference finals. You shouldn't even be thinking about the conference semis or the first round at all. Cause the first round should be a cakewalk. The second round should be a little bit of a fight, obviously depending on matchups and teams, et cetera. And then the real fight, the real dogfight that you want to be worrying about is that conference final. That's the one that you should have your sights set on and you should be worrying about that. Not necessarily the finals. Obviously, you want to get there, but that as a number one seed is where you're expected to be. And if you come up short of that, like they did this year and they did the year prior, that eats at you. So I, I could see if three years in a row of not getting to the conference finals, Giannis might jump ship. And 
that's okay. I mean, the Bucks could also clean house and offer him a bunch of money too, because his brother's also on the roster. At, yeah, in yeah. His, his brother recently, uh, you know, also became a part of the Bucks organization. And actually, yeah. let's talk about the money situation really quick, because obviously the money is a huge part of this. So since Giannis got a second All NBA season for the second consecutive season in a row last year that means he's now eligible to receive a supermax contract offer which for those of you who don't know a supermax contract offer is something that was baked into the nba cba which basically says you can offer a big max contract to a player equal to 35 percent of the cap for the year starting the contract and then it increases by eight percent each year concurrently so in mm-hmm. 2021, it's predicted to be a $247 million contract over five years, starting at $42 million, and then going to 46, 49 and a half, 52, and then 56.3, all said and told over those five years. And right now, if you look at the cap space, the Bucks have the potential to offer this to, to Giannis, but it's going to be kind of close because at this point, they're, uh, they're, Cap space is looking at about $51 million in 2021, 2022. So they could offer him the deal. It would just basically be blowing out the rest of their cap for yep. all essential purposes, which I honestly think for Giannis Antetokounmpo, you know, he's definitely worth a Supermax contract by far. And if that's the extension they end up assigning him to before he becomes an unrestricted free agent, then, you know, obviously good on the uh, the Bucks for that. Kalen, I want to throw out some other teams that have a lot of available cap space and can obviously offer him a super max contract, and I want to know what you think about that. Okay. First off, this may not be the most competitive option, but it's obviously the one that has the most practical cap space, at least predicted for the 2021 offseason, and that is $114 million of practical cap space, and that's the New York Knicks. Yeah, it's not happening. Not happening at all? No, that's not happening okay. at all. I don't, I don't yeah. think Giannis wants to even think about going to New York. Oh, great. That was, that was kind of a joke just because they have so much available cap space and their team is such a young team. Some more realistic options. Now, obviously, this doesn't take into account other superstars that are already on the team that may be signing big extensions coming up. Right. But you have the Pelicans, for example, as the fifth most practical cap space in 2021, almost $100 million in cap space. They could, again, that depends on any extensions they're trying to get done with Zion Williamson in the next year, any extensions they're trying to get with players like Brandon Ingram in the next year. But they're a team that has a lot of room at this point. I don't know if that is a spicy option for you. It is spicy, but I think you run into personnel conflicts there because Zion and Giannis have very similar play styles. Now, Zion coming into the league is a better shooter than Giannis ever was coming into the league. But, you know, they're both big, strong, and very athletic. So I I see a big conflict there with those two guys trying to play on the court at the same time. Well, if we look a little bit further down the list, though, there are two other teams that are pretty competitive that have about the same cap space uh, heading into 2021. And that includes both the Toronto Raptors and the Miami Heat at about $82 million in cap space. Now, there's some issues with this, obviously. First off, Miami Heat, I don't really, uh, I'm trying to check here how long Jimmy Butler uh, has. And Jimmy doesn't like to play with others, so. Yeah, Jimmy Butler here, he is signed through the 2022-2023 season on what appears to be a player option on that last year. So there's the potential that, like, they could get Jimmy Butler and Giannis Antetokounmpo on the same team for at least they one wouldn't. year, potentially two years, if there's a lot of success immediately and Jimmy Butler decides to stay. I don't think they would. Okay. I, I don't think they would. Cause just because I think Jimmy Butler would seriously stand up against that because he he's never liked playing with others. He's never liked it. Like that's why he was keen on just he honestly he was keen on just getting out of Philadelphia, to be honest, from like the press I saw and things like that. And obviously Philly couldn't pay him enough. And with, with those two dynamics, like he just bounced to the heat. He wanted his own team. So Philly and Philly wasn't that spot. So yeah, Jimmy Butler and Giannis, I don't think that's a good pairing. Okay. Well, what about the Raptors situation? Of course they have to re-sign Serge Ibaka uh, this off season as like a notable player that they need to retain, but they're also a competitive squad that has, like I said, $82 million projected in their cap. 
coming up in right. the 2021 offseason. I think that would be the ticket for the Raptors to dominate and win the East, to be oh, honest. I would, with you. I would they agree. Have, yeah. They have the other pieces. They they have pieces that the Bucks don't have or that the Bucks have, but just the Bucks are less consistent. So, yeah, I think the Raptors is a great landing spot for Giannis. However, you have this issue called Marcus Gasol as well. Now, obviously, you're going to keep Serge. Serge is at the end of his career kind of here, but he's still playing really well. He's still really good defensively, and he's a good netminder. So I, I keep him, I'm honest, in all honesty. I mean, I watched him in Game 7, and he was dominant in Game 7. So keep Serge. Uh, the Marcus Gasol thing, he's getting older. Mark's getting older. I mean, at what point do you move on from Marcus Gasol? Because, I mean, he's a good player. He's done well in Toronto. But do you move away from Marcus Gasol, trade him away, and order to get Giannis Antetokounmpo on the roster? I mean, the main, is that worth it? it? The main thing is that Marcus Gasol is also a player that they would need to re-sign this offseason as well. There's a lot of money to be thrown around and whether or not they just right. like whether or not there's still room for Giannis after trying to resign those players. I obviously think that a lot of those players are going to be looking for a severe payday at that point as well. Yeah, because they've won a ring and mm-hmm. they got to the the conference semifinals again. So it's like, you know, but yeah, I, I think a lot of those guys are going to want some money. This depends how it shakes out there. We have an entire year of free agent signings to see an entire year of contract extensions to see before we know exactly how much cap every team is playing with. Now, yep. th- there is one more team that I want to throw at you as a, as a possibility. I was looking at some other squads that have some cap space. You know, one of the teams I was looking at potentially would be maybe the Dallas Mavericks, although I don't think it's going to happen. You have, you know, only $52 million in cap space, so a lot of that cap would go to a Supermax contract to Giannis, and then you run into problems in retaining Luka Doncic. There is a team, however, that I think has the potential, who has a lot of young stars, and they have $75 million projected in their cap, plus their best player is locked down until 2023-2024, becoming an unrestricted free agent in the 2024 offseason. And that's the Phoenix Suns. Interesting, with Devin Booker. Yeah, so Devin Booker's locked down for a long enough time that if Giannis ends up going to the Suns, he would have three years where the two of them would be under contract and can see what that team could potentially look like. Again, $75 million with 42 of it going to Giannis then in that first year. That leaves them a decent amount of cap space to, you know, get role players around them. Yeah, Phoenix does have some pretty decent role players already. That would take some pressure off Devin Booker. I think that would be a good move from the Phoenix side of things to get that done. I don't know if that's the best career move for Giannis, but I think they'd be much more competitive with Giannis on the roster. And um, freeing up Devin Booker a little bit, taking a little weight off his shoulders every night. Like we saw in the bubble at the end when the Suns were trying to make that run, he was dominant. I mean, he's he's one of those players that can take over a game. And so is Giannis. So, I mean, if they can just trade nights here and there every once in a while, that might help him out. So that's kind of the landscape that we're looking at. Nothing else really stands out to me. I was kind of looking at the Atlanta Hawks a little bit just because they are projected to have... $105 $105 million, which would allow them to both sign. Well, Trey Young wouldn't be eligible for a Supermax contract quite yet, but it would allow them to re-sign Trey Young for a pretty hefty contract, plus bring uh, Giannis into the fold. Again, it's kind of a similar situation to Phoenix, I think, where like it might not be the best move to win championships in comparison. Mm-hmm. You know, That mm-hmm. might be in you know Toronto if they're able to keep their players and still have the money for them. Obviously, we talked about why Miami might be a bad fit. We talked about why the Pelicans might be a bad fit. But that's kind of the landscape if Giannis is looking to leave the Bucks Again, he doesn't have to make that decision for a year. But who knows? There is the possibility that if the Bucks are having a rough go in the season, then maybe Giannis ends up getting traded. There's no way you're trading Giannis onto Takumpo. If Giannis comes to you and says, I'm not coming back to this team next season. Like, I'm just telling you straight up I'm not. I'm not negotiating with you guys. I want to go somewhere else. Why wouldn't you trade him before the contract gets up? I'd keep him. I I mean, why would you trade away your most talented player? And the only reason that you're competitive at all, why would you trade him away? I mean, I would keep him to just try and perform for another season because it's not like he's not going to go out there and play. 
Yeah, because well, yeah. it's not like he's not going to go out there and play hard. He's not wired like that. None none of the guys in the NBA are wired like that. Even if they want to trade, they're still out there playing every night. I mean, I'll take a 75% effort from Giannis Antetokounmpo over whoever I 150% effort from whoever I pick up in a trade from him, to be honest with you. All right, all right. Okay, I was just trying to show all the options, show the landscape, show what Giannis is looking at for the potential in his future. You know, that's... Listen, crazier things have happened, okay? You're right. Crazier things have happened. I, To be honest with you, though, I I really think he just stays in Milwaukee. You you think he just signs that extension? He just signs that extension this coming year? Yeah, I think he just signs the extension. And I think he wants to win. In Milwaukee, I really think he does because well, of of course, you know that's the team that you know gave him a shot, drafted him, and all that. Yeah, every every exactly every player, you know, in, until they are pissed off by someone in the front office or something like that, they always want to stay with one team. They want to like you know become that marquee player for that team. They want to win championships for that team. That's that's nothing new, you know. So obviously, he would love to stay, but if. You know, if he's looking around and he's not seeing championship potential, it's kind of like the LeBron James situation to circle all the way back to the beginning. You know? Yep. It's a situation where he had to go somewhere else to win that championship because it wasn't happening in Cleveland. I hear you. No, I, I understand the situation. Believe me, I do. I just, I think Giannis is a bit more loyal and he's not out there for the greatness. Like, he's not trying to be like the third best player of all time or the fourth best player of all time. He's He's just out there to compete and fit his role so with that being said i don't think he's gonna go ring hunting i I feel like i should say something else but to be honest i honestly would take whatever you think is gonna happen over over what anyone else says so it looks like Giannis is staying in uh, in what a compliment i can throw out an outlandish statement and say that you know he's gonna go to the heat and he and jimmy butler are gonna like stick with it for one year win a championship and then butler is gonna go fly somewhere else you know i could say that but honestly, you know, you're the one who's more grounded in reality usually. So I'm going to defer yeah, to yeah, you. Yeah, true. I'm going to defer yeah. to you. So what I'm hearing is it's safe to buy a uh, a Giannis Antetokounmpo Bucks jersey. Yep. You, you still got, well, you have one more season with him there for sure. So I would say you're, you're good to buy one. He's going to be a longstanding Milwaukee citizen. And now on the pregame podcast, we're talking about a bit of a oh, a bit of a rough issue that happened late into last week and that was the issue that one skip bayless oh my gosh i don't even know how to describe this skip bayless had the most cold tone deaf take on the planet can i say that caitlin yeah, is did. that fair to say yeah no that's 100% accurate it was uh, it was bad and we're going to talk about it and it's in regards to the quarterback of my favorite NFL team. So let's let's get into this. <laughs> let's, yeah, let's dive into it if you want to set the scene. All right, so undisputed, it's Skip Bayless and Shannon Sharp yelling at each other for, what, a half hour, an hour? I don't even know. I don't watch it's it. It's an hour. I, I don't watch it it's, because it's, it's bad. Shannon Sharp has some pretty okay takes, you know? he he's, He seems like a swell guy. But Skip Bayless has cold takes, and it's it's like a lot of other shows, a lot of other shows out there when it comes to sports talk. You got two guys, they have to take opposite sides from each other, and they just yell at each other. That's that's what it is, okay? Whether you're looking at Skip Bayless, whether you're looking at Stephen A., I mean, that's basically what Colin Cowherd does. He just yells at himself. Yeah, kind of. Yeah, yeah. I, I was going to say, okay, the joke didn't land as well as I thought it would. Thank you, Kalen. Regardless, a lot of sports talk is just people yelling at each other about their opinions, and honestly, sometimes it's not even opinions. They hold true to themselves. They bring up hot takes because it's spicy. It brings headlines. And let's be honest. Skip Bayless's entire career has been him saying outlandish things. People freak out. More people tune in to see the outlandish things and the fallback from it. Yep. And then, you know, it's swept under the rug. It's apologized for. It's whatever. And you move on. And he doesn't mean any of it. Yeah. He has topped himself this time. In yeah, a way did. that's not good. So no, it, he. Yeah, I don't even. I don't know why he. I haven't seen any repercussions from ESPN at this point about well, what you he mean, said. You mean Fox? You mean Fox? Well, Fox. Yeah, yeah. Excuse me, Fox. Sorry, he left ESPN. So, I. I don't know why Fox hasn't done anything. Well, maybe I do, but 
Yeah, so the, the topicality here, they were talking about the fact that Dak Prescott, quarterback for the Dallas Cowboys, quarterback who's been in a lot of headlines lately due to the contract talks he's had with the Dallas Cowboys and his attempts to become the highest paid quarterback in the NFL. He basically came out and talked a lot about some of the mental health issues that he was facing, both in the wake of his brother committing suicide and in the wake of him losing his mother to cancer, plus you know, the whole COVID issue in general kind of bringing a lot of mental struggle to a lot of people in America and Dak Prescott. For you know, sure. He's human. He's one of those people. So they were making that discussion and Shannon Sharp basically was praising Dak Prescott for being brave, being willing to talk about this openly, being able to bring this issue a bit more of attention and Skip Bayless doing what they do took the other side of the coin and Honestly, I'm just going to I'm going to read from the transcript what he said. OK, so this is what he said. And it's a direct quote from the show. Quote, I'm going to disqualify myself right up front on this question. I am the wrong one to ask about this when it comes to him as the face of that franchise of America's team. I'm going to ask our audience to feel free to go ahead and condemn me if you choose as cold blooded and insensitive on this issue. I have deep compassion for clinical depression. But when it comes to the quarterback of an NFL team, you know this better than I do. It's the ultimate leadership position in sports. Am I right about that? He asks Shannon if he's right and they confirm and everything. And then he goes on to further say, quote, right. But you're commanding a lot of young men and some older men, and they're all looking at you to be their CEO, to be in charge of the football team. Because of all that, I don't have sympathy for him going public with, quote, I got depressed. I suffer from depression early in COVID to the point where I couldn't even go work out, unquote. Look, he's the quarterback of America's team, and you know, and I know this sport you play is doggy dog. It is no compassion, no quarter given on the football field. And then Skip then continues to go on and basically say other players are going to be taunting him with this every time he gets sacked, every time he throws an interception, and they're they're going to attack the mental struggles that he's going through. So what it boils down to is Skip Bales is basically saying you can't go public with this because you've got to be strong in front of your team and you're showing weakness. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. It is. And, and let's let's also just throw out the fact that he was saying all this on World Suicide Prevention Day of September 10th. Yeah. And the thing with this is, I mean, you learn like Dak Prescott currently is going through a horrible time, horrible time, something that I wouldn't wish upon anybody. And on top of that, he has contract negotiations with one of the hardest owners to negotiate with ever. Oh, boy, Jerry Jerry Jones. Oh, boy, Jerry. Good old Texan Jerry Jones. And he's he's still doing this now like i understand him not being able to just go work out like this is something that some people there are like two or three days straight they just can't get out of bed you just can't for skip to say you're a leader you can't show pain or you can't show emotion he's wrong he's very wrong there are many different styles of leadership that i'm kind of leaning on something that actually pat mcafee said at this point um, uh, I was so going to hear, I was going to yeah. bring it up. Yep, Pat McAfee had a yeah. pretty good response to this whole thing. He had a really good response to this. There are different kinds of leadership. One of them is show no weakness. You are the ultimate perfection strength quarterback. I think that's like a Drew Brees viewpoint, but I think that also can breed resentment in your teammates because they look at you and go, "Oh, look, you're all put together. You got everything going for you." Blah blah blah. So if you show no weakness everyone thinks your world is perfect and that you are perfect and that you are always put together in contrast to this. You have Dak Prescott's style of leadership, which is I am going to be vulnerable with my teammates and I want them to be vulnerable with me and I want us to support each other and I want us to help each other improve. And that's how us as a team will possibly win the NFC East and make a run in the playoffs. Like that's, that's the style of leadership, in my opinion, that you should foster with your teammates and that you should have with your teammates because they're your friends. They're, they're your coworkers, obviously. I mean, yeah, you know, the NFL standard, they're coworkers, but they're your friends like they're your teammates. You want them to have your back. And how are they supposed to know when to step in and, and take your back and hold like hold you up if you don't tell them, you know, people can't people can't always see signs of depression. They can't always read your mind. They can't tell unless you literally come out and say i'm having a really hard time right now i'm sure zeke went to dax aid 
when he heard about this? I'm sure he did. Maybe he knew about it prior to Dak coming out public about it and has been trying to help him through it. Like, those two got drafted together. They were two of the biggest standout rookies in all the NFL when they were, you know, what is that, like two, three seasons ago now? Like uh, a, a little, a little bit longer than that, you know, back in 2017, I want to say 2017, 2020, when, when was, when was Carson Wentz drafted? You would know that information. No, I wouldn't. Oh, well, <laughs> 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 you know, I, I was way. trying to help you there. I was, I was trying to help you. I think it's three years. I think you're right. Saying 2017. Um, uh, no, no, no. Cause 2017 is when you guys won the Super Bowl. So, well, that would have been. So it's the it's the twenty anyway. it's the twenty sixteen draft twenty sixteen draft yeah twenty sixteen draft and then okay yeah anyway my thing with Skip's stance is it seems like he hasn't experienced anything like this ever in his life and that's fine a lot of most people haven't and it also seems to me that he has only ever seen leadership in his life from a hard nosed you know hard nosed. This is how it is. I'm going to get in your face if you screw it up. Oh, you're referring to Skip? Uh, mentality. Are, are you referring to Skip or you're referring to Dad? I'm referring to Skip. I'm referring okay, to yeah. Skip. And that's okay. He's coming from his life experiences making this statement. I'm not back. I'm Believe me, this is not me backing up Skip. I think what Skip said and his stance on this is just completely wrong. But I'm also seeing that he probably has no clue what he's even talking about. Or like what this means to Dak Prescott to come out and say this because have first of all having depression is one problem being able to talk about it is a whole other issue like it takes people forever to be able to actually genuinely muster up the courage to talk about it let alone publicly come out and say it to the media so for me like to me that's just monumental that's like that's a crazy thing that Dak did and he to have the courage to do that I would follow Dak Prescott as an Eagles fan now because I'm like, dude, you have some courage. Like, you can stand up and say when you're not okay. That means that you are also probably willing to stand up and say to this t- football team, hey, we're trash right now. We need to get it put together. You know? Like, <laughs> yeah. It, it, that takes less gumption than coming out and talking about your own emotions. So, yeah, Skip, you're wrong. Yeah. You're big time wrong. Yeah, and and Skip basically let, went on after Shannon Sharp kind of you know gave him gave him some crap about it during the show. Said that in his mind, you know, you can share it internally. You can see a psychiatrist. You can go talk to Zeke or whoever else about it. You know, you could talk to members of your team, but just don't come out with it publicly. Which to that, Dak Prescott actually did respond. He had a press conference and responded and said. That, quote, before I can lead, I've got to make sure that my mind is in the right place to do that. I think that's important to being vulnerable, to be genuine, to be transparent. And that's kind of what, you know, you were getting at before when you're talking about different styles of leadership. The thing that Pat McAfee was talking about. Yeah. Yeah. There's a style of leadership where you keep all your emotions locked up under, you know, chains, deadbolts, whatever. And then there's styles of leadership where you hold nothing back and you talk about everything. You keep everything on the forefront and both work given the circumstances, you know, it's kind of like a feel out the room situation, you know, how, how you're going to lead the room, how you're going to lead the team. In the case of sports, some people just lead by example. I was always a leader by example. And then I got in people's faces when they weren't working hard. That was my style of leadership growing up. That's just how I operate. And that made me captain of some teams that made me bench warmer of some teams. Like, you know, <laughs> it, based on my talent in the sport, you know, that's how it went. You know, I was captain of a lacrosse team and I was bench warmer of the basketball team, you know, like it's how I rolled. But everywhere I went, I was leading by example. Whether or not I had the position to, you know, talk shit was a different story. Like lacrosse, I had the position to talk shit. Basketball, I didn't have the position to talk shit because I wasn't in the leadership role. Yeah. But, I ran around, worked hard, led the people that were willing to, you know, pay attention to me by example and said, you know, this is how we're going to come out here and we're going to play every day at practice. We're going to go 110%. And if you're not going 110%, I'm going to make you look bad. And I did it. I did it every day. There were some star players that I made look like real assholes because they were giving it 20% and I was giving it 120 Mm -hmm. and I made them look bad. So 
where I'm going with that is you can lead in all kinds of different ways and you can lead in different situations, you know, based on feeling out the room. I'm sure Skip's way of leadership that he's seen his whole life works in a lot of instances. But honestly, I prefer following somebody like Dak, who's yeah. not afraid to make his emotions public. And to be honest with you, I know there are going to be NFL players that are going to, you know, say things about Dak's mental health when they sack him. And that's fine. Dak's tough enough that he can handle that. He wouldn't come out publicly and say something if he wasn't tough enough to handle that. Oh, yeah, of course. And, like, that's actually something that, like, that's what it boils down to is that, like, Skip just has this, like, again, I don't know what level of it is, like, him, you know, over-exaggerating the counterpoint of Shannon Sharp just for the sake of the show and for ratings and how much of it is his actual thoughts. Because you have to take that into account. Unfortunately, there's some, like, people who say things that they, uh, they don't believe. And... That's just the way that entertainment works sometimes. But basically, it's it just seems that Skip has an inability to look at anything other than his perspective and to understand that people all react differently. For sure. And for sure. It was great because during the segment, Shannon Sharp had a perfect, perfect analogy for the whole thing. And oh, he, was, he was he was telling he was telling Skip and he was like, listen, if you have a pot of boiling water, OK, you put an egg in it, the egg will get hardened. If you put a potato in it, the potato will get softened. People are different. People react different ways. You know, it's the same pot of boiling right. water, but there are different reactions. That's so true. That's that's actually the best metaphor that I you could probably think of. Honestly, oh, that's a great metaphor. I'm going to keep that metaphor that's, for the rest of my life. <laughs> yeah, that's that's a real good one, actually. Yeah. <laughs> good job, Shannon Sharp, coming up with that on the so, fly. Some people are eggs. Some people are potatoes. Some people are are ravioli. You know, some people are, you know, different things. They're, they react to things differently. Some people are pasta. They're hard on the outside. They're harder at the start, and then they soften up, you know? Yeah, or, you know, eggs, they're, you know, fragile at the beginning, and then they toughen up. Or salt, it dissolves. I don't know. I was trying to think of some another thing that boiling salt. water would do to, to <laughs> they, things. They just crumble. They crumble out of existence. Because <laughs> they're salt. <laughs> they just melt away like a snowman. <laughs> Yo, but... Salt does, you know, salt does dissolve. It does melt away, but it leaves its, uh, it leaves its taste behind. So it leaves an impact. It has a legacy. <laughs> oh my God. You, uh, you fade away from your clinical depression and like hurt yourself or something, but your legacy lives on. That's what, that's what I think that metaphor is right there. I feel Sorry, like that's a bit dark. <laughs> I mean, let's be real here. I actually think I have a perfect like example for like who is salt. And it's it's not a it's not a mental health situation, so let's just steer away from that for a second. But it's from okay. like a social justice type of boiling pot of water, and it's kind of like Colin Kaepernick was the salt. He got dissolved Ooh. out of the NFL for it, but Ooh. he left his impact. People still that's talk a, about it nowadays. That's a good one. That's really good, Dan. Well done. Just call me Shannon you. Sharp. I'm not Skip Bayless. Let's let's make that very clear. Oh no no no. We could both be Shannon Sharp. There we go. The, the man, the, the Shannon and Shannon show. Yeah, I mean, listen, the man is the man is retired yet he's still massive. We could just be, we could each be a bicep. <laughs> we we each basically are a bicep. <laughs> yeah, compared to compared to actual, you know, it's it's fine. You know, I'll be Shannon Sharp and we'll make a do show, and you could be Pat McAfee, and we'll just you know, we'll do it that way. We'll do it. Yeah, that's a better way. I like it. The first weekend of NFL action has come and gone, and with that. The official depth charts of all 32 teams in the NFL have come out, and that allows us a chance to take a look at these first-round quarterbacks that we saw go off the board and see exactly where they are in the depth chart and whether we, A, think that's where they should be, and B, whether or not we think they're going to stay at that ranking in the depth chart as the season progresses. Kalen, I'm really excited about this because we have a whole bunch of different options to look at. Everything from first stringers all the way down to third stringers. Uh-huh. So how about we just start with the highest drafted quarterbacks and work our way down to the back end of the first round. So that means we are starting in Cincinnati with Joe Burrow on the depth chart. Pretty obvious, pretty apparent. He is why he I almost said wide receiver one. He is quarterback one <laughs> on the team. Oh, that'd be interesting. Yeah. I, I, much more interesting is WR one. Uh, <sighs> can we see a game with that, please? 
I mean, do you have Madden? If you do, you can definitely see this happen. <laughs> I don't know if it's going to be good, but it's definitely uh, going to be well, interesting to say the least. But Joe Burrow announced as the starter makes total sense. Only other quarterback on the team is Ryan Finley. Obviously not going to start Ew. over Joe Burrow. So Ew. this is pretty much what we expected, right, Kalen? Yeah, I mean, if you didn't think the first overall pick was going to be a starter, I, I don't know what you were thinking. The supposed savior of Cincinnati. So we'll see what happens. Who the hell we'll is calling him the happens. savior of Cincinnati? Who is who's putting I'm that calling, title on him? I'm putting that title on him because what? everyone thinks everyone thinks all of a sudden Cincinnati's going to do something. And they're really not like Ben's prediction with Joe Burrow being like, oh, he's going to be so good. He's going to be the rookie <sighs> of the year. Like wow. the guy's going to get sacked 12 times a game. Yes. I, I don't know what you want him <laughs> to do. As you so eloquently put it, he's going to get sacked 12 times a game. I did. Like, I don't I don't see him having a great year, but he is worthy of being the starter of that very terrible team. Yeah, obviously, due to their situation, him being the starter makes total sense. I don't expect a lot out of Cincinnati, just like I didn't expect a lot out of Arizona when they had Kyler Murray. So if if they match the record of Kyler Murray last year, I would be shocked. Very. Very much so. They he had what like he was like five nine and one something like that. Yeah, I would think Cincinnati will squeak out one or two wins. I think they're better than that. Come on, three wins. I I think they're like a four to five win team. I definitely think they're bottom okay. of the division, but they're like four to five. So I guess that I guess I could see him matching Kyler Murray. Yeah. Okay, we'll see what happens. Moving on to the next team, of course, next quarterback taken off the board was in Miami. And on the depth chart, now we have some real discussion. Tua, Tua Tagalavoa, or Tagalavai, You got it right the first time, buddy. I know. I, I went back in. I made a mistake. <laughs> <laughs> Tua Tagalavoa. Oh, my gosh. Now you I can't still, say it. Now wait, I can't, now you can't say even it. Do it. You can't even do it now. Oh Tua my Tagalavailoa. God. I did it for you. Tua what, where's he at on the depth chart? Where's Tua depth Girl chart? Scout Tag Along Cookie is second on the depth chart behind <laughs> Ryan Fitzpatrick. <laughs> oh, jeez. I want a jersey that says that on the back. <laughs> tag Along with a Cookie. Pre- <laughs> with a trag mark. With a, not trag mark. Trademark on the bottom that's for uh, us for the pregame. You know, it's specifically really, when we talk about Tua. It's really difficult to run a podcast when you can't speak. It really... <laughs> <laughs> Because even, anyway. even, even you messed up there. Regardless, Ryan Fitzpatrick's yeah. the starter. Fitzmagic is going to be starting the season. Kalen, do you think that Fitzmagic starts the whole way through and Tua just sits behind him and kind of learns up over the year? Or do you think there could be an opportunity for Tua to make his big starting debut? I really think that depends on how well Miami does under Fitzmagic. Um he didn't have that bad of a season last year, to be honest with you. The Dolphins didn't look completely terrible. I think they're going to be third in their division, but, you know, that's that's not awful. That's not great. That's better than what the Dolphins were in, you know, the early 2000s. Well, not early 2000s, excuse me, in, like, the late 2000s, you know, early 10s, if you will, even. So, I don't know. I think he might get some chances because Fitzpatrick, you know, Fitzmagic always has like two or three games where he's really bad and then they bench him and then they will put in Tua and then Tua won't get be getting the job done or maybe he will be getting the job done and then they won't put Fitzmagic back in. You know, it, it, it's a toss up. At some point, Fitzmagic will indeed get benched and Tua will start. This season. I can guarantee that this season. Okay. At some point that will happen. Will it stick is another question entirely, but Tua will get a start. All right. I mean, yeah, like the Dolphins are basically fighting against the Patriots for a potential wildcard spot. I think the Patriots just being the Patriots probably hang on and and win that. I mean, I said that earlier during our prediction segments that that's kind of the case. I don't know exactly how long before Tua Tagalong Cookie ends up starting over Ryan Fitzpatrick. Or Ryan Fitzmagic, since we're just not saying anyone's names properly at all. Just keep it Fitzmagic. But it'll certainly be an interesting scenario. I think that allowing Tua some time to to sit behind, you know, one of the greatest journeymen in the NFL is probably... He's For probably sure. got a lot of experience that he could share with Tua, and Tua could learn well from him. So 
I think since they have someone who is a comparable starter, it makes total sense to have him sit behind at least for a little bit and learn from Fitzmagic before taking the reins, you know, at some point yeah. towards the middle or back half of the season. Or potentially, you know, even as early as week three or four, if the Dolphins get off to a very, very bad start. Yeah, I mean, Fitzpatrick has seen so many different playbooks, so I'm sure, you know, I mean, he's been he's bounced around that entire division like he was with the Bills. He's with the Dolphins like I think he's been around half that division even. I mean, he he spent that iconic time in Tampa Bay even. So we'll see. I think he's definitely a good uh, leader slash teacher by example for Tua. Okay. Let's go to the next player who's in a similar situation who I could actually pronounce their last name, and that is Justin Herbert. Okay. So Justin Herbert, obviously drafted by the Los Angeles Chargers. The Chargers also picking up Tyrod Taylor out of free agency during the offseason. So the big question was, who's going to start? Is it going to be Justin Herbert with Tyrod Taylor serving as the excellent backup that he is at this point? He's not really... He hasn't really shown starter caliber fully. He's definitely been more of a very good backup over the course of the way his career played out after he, you know, um, got a starting role chance with the Bills way back in the day. But regardless, I think this one was kind of the biggest question mark of like, where is Herbert going to be? Where's Tyrod Taylor going to be? And it's come out to oddly. This is what I thought it was going to be from the beginning with Justin Herbert in second and Tyrod Taylor as the starter. Mm-hmm. I thought it was I thought this was the obvious choice. It's just like the situation with Tagalong Cookie and Fitzmagic in Miami. <laughs> and it's the same thing. Justin Herbert's going to learn behind Tyrod Taylor. Tyrod Taylor is probably going to flame out halfway mm. through the season. They're going to give Justin Herbert a shot. <laughs> there were some friends of ours who like were shocked and like they were astonished. They were like how how dare they start Tyron Taylor over Justin Herbert? This is crazy. They're actually starting Tyron Taylor. And I'm like, dude, it makes sense. The guy has sense. league experience. He has league experience. And yes. Herbert doesn't. It. it makes perfect sense. It does make perfect sense. And I think it's going to play out very similar to the situation in Miami. Tyron Taylor actually has starter experience. Yeah, no, he does. He started at the Bills. So, like, why wouldn't you start him on your terrible Chargers team since you decided to bail on Phillip Rivers? I mean, to be fair, Phillip Rivers is... He's taking a vacation in Indianapolis for, like, what, one year, and then he's probably retiring? Unless Basically. Some, unless something crazy happens with the Colts. We're very much on the on the downslope of, of uh, Philip Rivers' career. I don't disagree with that move, okay? They need to get new blood at some point. I think Justin Herbert could very well be that player, honestly, very similar to Philip Rivers, who plays his entire career in, in Los Angeles or San Diego or wherever they move the team next, and has okay starter reception and you know does all right for himself as a starter i can see that being his career trajectory at least at the very beginning sitting behind tyrod taylor it makes total sense there's i honestly i think there's some decent weapons on this team i think austin eckler is a great running back option keenan allen if he stays healthy of course you have hunter henry which is one of the better tight ends in the league and you know of course on defense you have the likes of joey bosa leading this squad so there's i mean you got you got some stuff there I think this squad, depending on how they start, if they start off very poorly, then we see Justin Herbert, like I said, week three, four, five. Uh, if Tyrod Taylor shows that, you know, he could still be a bit of a starter, maybe maybe Tyrod Taylor gets one whole season out here, then Justin Herbert kind of takes over as Tyrod Taylor floats to another team and becomes the next Ryan Fitzpatrick, you know? Yeah, maybe. Honestly, this is very much status quo, same situation. I don't, I don't mind this at all. No, I think this is, if you're, uh, the Chargers, this is what you wanted to do from the get-go when you drafted Herbert. So, yeah, I really think that Tyrod Taylor is you know, the same. It's the same situation with Miami. I think Tyrod Taylor's going to go f- five, six, seven, eight games into the season or whatever. You'll get about halfway and then San Diego will, or not San Diego, LA will be, you know, trash and they'll go, alright, Herbert, get some PT. Time to learn what it's like to be a starter in the league. And they'll start him like four or five games, whatever it is, and pull him and put Tyrod back in or, you know, whatever. Like when the season's canned, it'll be canned and it'll be Herbert time, basically. That's what we're talking about. These garbage time teams, basically. So when it's garbage time, they'll put in the rookie. The Chargers are in the same division as, you know, the AFC champions, the Super Bowl champions in the Kansas City Chiefs. So, yeah. 
it's it's going to be a tough division. They're going to have to, you know, take two basic automatic L's because the Chiefs looking good. So, of course, we all know this. The Chargers aren't doing anything this season. We already knew that, even yeah. if they had Philip. Yeah, even with Philip Rivers, they had a very mediocre showing most years. But there is one last quarterback taken in the first round. As you know, he's probably he's probably one of the more well-known quarterbacks just because of the controversy behind his selection. And that is Jordan Love to the Green Bay Packers. And, Kalen, if you were to take a guess, where do you think Jordan Love ended up on the depth chart? Third. Well, okay, you're right. <laughs> he is third on the depth <laughs> chart. So, of course, Aaron Rodgers is the starter. And then in, as the second, the backup, you have Tim Boyle. And then Jordan Love in third. Basically, this one is going to be... This is the slow cooker of quarterbacks. They're going to they're gonna sit him there. He's going to learn from Aaron Rodgers. He's going to absorb what it's like to be in an NFL situation. The harder workouts, the faster pace of play, the more complex plays and calls. And he's going to try to just absorb all of these juices and marinades. And then in three or four years when Aaron Rodgers decides to hang it up or Aaron Rodgers gets forced somewhere else because the Green Bay Packers are ready for a love time, we're going to see what comes of it. We're going to see what comes out of the slow cooker. It really is the ultimate you know, opportunity for Jordan Love to learn from one of the best quarterbacks in the game, arguably the best talent to ever play the game. That's another conversation. Honestly, I think it was a good move by Green Bay. Put him third. Don't let him touch the field. He's literally just hitting the books, basically. He's here to hit the books. Learn the playbook in, inside, and out. Study Aaron Rodgers. Talk to Aaron Rodgers. Work out with Aaron Rodgers. Like, build a good relationship with Aaron because... Ultimately, if and when you stay in Green Bay, which they're not going to try and trade him, obviously, it will come time for Aaron to hang it up or he will retire or they will trade him. They will get sick and tired of it and Aaron will get sick and tired of it and it'll be time for Jordan Love. It, it just will be. So this next two to four years is just all about study, kid. Study, study, study. Learn, learn, learn. Be a sponge. And then you'll get your time and you can show us what you got. Yeah, because there's one of two ways that this plays out. Either Aaron Rodgers hangs it up or moves on and Jordan Love takes over and becomes the starter. Or a very small percent chance of this, I'd say. But there is the chance that you have a Jimmy G situation here and Aaron Rodgers plays long after you think he would. And Jordan Love ends up being traded to another team because, you know, he's a starting caliber quarterback who is at, at this point at the end of his rookie deal or, you know, on his second deal. And he still doesn't have a starting role because the team just doesn't need it yet. So he'll get right. shipped off for whatever Jimmy G got shipped off to San Francisco for. I forget what that trade was exactly. But regardless, I forget too. he is in a good position to absorb a lot of information from a very good quarterback from a franchise that has historically been pretty solid. You know, even the down years, it's known for being a franchise of of great history and prestige and and being able to get things done. And I think that's what's going to happen. He's going to learn from that. And whether it be in Green Bay or whether it is a weird situation and he's not in Green Bay, I think that he's going to have a big head start in terms of getting the off-field and the brain stuff, the intellectual stuff, to a pretty good spot, you know, before he has to flex those on-field abilities. Yeah, I agree with you, Dan. I really think the slow cooker method is the method that Green Bay is, is using where just learn, kid, and then we know we know you're physically capable of you know playing football. Just learn and get smart so that when you get out there, you can make the right decisions with your physical abilities. And it's worked for them before. It has. Look at Aaron Rodgers. It is now prediction time as we wrap up the show here on the pregame podcast. Kalen. What is your prediction for the week? My prediction for the week is the Buffalo Bills keep the ball rolling and go 2-0 this Sunday. Coming up short, sweet, to the point. Josh Allen had a great performance uh, this past weekend, and honestly, the whole team did. They looked great. They looked like they should, as Dan and I both predicted when Ben was on the show, that they're going to win the division. So 2-0, Buffalo Bills start off the season really well. And with that, Dan, what is your prediction for the week? Uh, well, my prediction for the week is going to be in the world of hockey. And that is the fact that you have the Dallas Stars 
marching their way into the Stanley Cup Finals, knocking off the Vegas Golden Knights by a series record of 4-1, to one, which is uh, pretty dominant for, you know, the, I guess, Western Conference Finals. I don't know if hockey uses that terminology or not. But my prediction is that no matter who they end up facing in this Stanley Cup Final, whether it's the New York Islanders or the Tampa Bay Lightning, which they are currently playing Game 5 as we speak, again, recording this uh, the night before it comes out, if the Lightning do win this, then they will be going to the Stanley Cup final, and you'll know that, but uh, the Islanders can kind of scrap it back a little bit. But my prediction is it doesn't matter who the Stars are facing. I think the Dallas Stars, they secure a Game 1 win in the series to take a nice lead in the Stanley Cup finals. If you look at the standings, they weren't expected to make a big splash. Uh, they were only the third team in the Central Division. And if you look at overall rankings, they were fifth in the Western Conference. So they weren't favorites at all. You had the Golden Knights. You had the Blues. You know, you had the Avalanche that had some heat behind them. Maybe the Oilers, you know, had a little bit of bandwagoning that was going on. And none of those teams made it through. It's the Dallas Stars that are representing the Western Conference in the Stanley Cup Final. And I'm going to go with them at least for game one. Check with me for the other games. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I don't want to, you know... I don't want to stretch too far on the hockey predictions, okay? <laughs> yeah, I hear you. I hear you. I'm I'm right there with you, pal. Yeah. Game so. by game predictions for hockey is how how I roll. Yeah, we'll we'll keep it nice and steady, okay? And of course, you know, the only reason I'm predicting the stars are gonna win because, you know, the, the Kraken currently don't have a roster. So once they get a roster, then we'll, you know, go from there. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. But it is time to wrap up the show. Kalen, is there anything you gotta say before we get out of here? Uh nah, man, football's back. The blissful, lovely sport that we all so much enjoy and just can't wait for Sunday. You know, it's what gets us through the week. It's back, baby. Fantasy football's back. It's all back in full swing and ready to go. So, yeah, good time to be alive. The NBA, everything's coming to an end with all the winter sports because of COVID. Football's just starting right up. We're getting to, I guess it's Red October still for baseball here soon. We're, we're in full swing here, and it's amplified with the championship series serieses of hockey and basketball that are going on basically right now. So great time to be a sports fan right now, as long as everything doesn't get the COVID bug, literally. Yeah, yeah, of course. And I'm sure you're looking forward to Sundays after the, you know the Celtics drop game one in overtime to the Heat. Hey, I'll tell you what. Fulfilling my game. prediction. They're starting to fulfill my prediction. That's fine. I mean, the Heat, honestly, the Celtics should have won that game. Hands down, flat out. So, is what it is. All right. Well, we'll get out of here really quick and let you get on with your day. Make sure to follow us on Instagram and Twitter to see what's going on during the rest of the week at pregame underscore pod, pregame underscore pod, or follow us on our newly made TikTok. Yes, we we are on TikTok now. That's that's what we have sunk into. I mean, you're the one that pitched this. Idea, I, I, so did, I, don't, I, I did. I did pitch if, the TikTok. I don't know if you should be bashing it. <laughs> I'm, I'm jokingly bashing it. OK, you can see some of the content that we put up on TikTok. Some of the best moments of the show. We kind of cut up in nice little snippets and you can check out there. But until next time, we'll get out of your hair. I'm Dan Zaleski. I'm Kalen Wolfskill. We'll see you guys next week. See you. Game podcast is produced by Dan Zaleski and Kalen Wolfskill. Theme music by High On You. A Ruby Media production. So, Kalen, I have to ask. Okay. If the Miami Heat do defeat the Celtics and go to the NBA championship All against... Right. Presuming the Lakers, but who knows? It's going to be the Lakers. Presuming it's the Lakers. Who are you rooting for? Ooh, that's a tough call. Um, I mean, if you want my professional NBA opinion. Well, I know. I, I know. Lakers, what, yeah, I know your professional opinion is going to be the Lakers. Yeah, I mean, 
the I I can't go against Braun in a playoff series unless it's the dy- dynasty of Golden State. Um, however, I I think I don't know the Heat are a really good team. I, I would I'd probably root for the Heat just because they you know obviously took out the Celtics, and yeah. I would also root for the Heat just because I'd want a good series. Um, and they don't have anyone that can guard Anthony Davis and LeBron James, so like. I'd like them to be competitive. I mean, they're an extremely good defensive team. So are the Celtics. So I think either way, we're going to get six games out of it. But, you know, I, I I don't see it going past six. We might get unlucky and it goes five, you know, um, with the Heat or the Celtics. They, they just don't have the players to handle Anthony Davis and LeBron James. I mean, AD's just bigger than anyone on the Celtics roster. And he's also more talented than anyone we have in the paint. The same story for the heat. So is what it is. I'll be honest. I, I'm, I have no horse in this race right now, as you know, so I'd be rooting for the heat. Something about underdogs, something about, you know, the, the scrappy, you know, team fighting against the, the big bad Goliath. That is the Lakers. I'd have to root for the heat, man. Have to Dan, Dan, I pose a wager. If the Miami Heat beat the Lakers in the finals, will you buy me one of the Miami Vice City jerseys? If the Heat beat the Lakers in the finals, will I buy you one of those great, like, black with neon lettering? Is... Oh, I was thinking one of the baby blue ones. Ooh, oh, okay, the, the, the baby yeah. blues, okay. The, the Vice ones, the spicy ones buy you one i'd buy myself one first <laughs> okay how, how about this how about this okay i was thinking you'd do it to rub my face in it okay that's but true i, I that's want true. one of the i want one of those jerseys though so i mean well, like, how about this if the heat not gonna wins, be mad about it if the heat wins okay uh-huh i'll buy you a you know miami vice jersey and you buy me a miami vice jersey <laughs> all right square deal <laughs> Alternatively, if the Lakers win, we could always just buy each other commemorative Kobe jerseys. Yeah, we could. Those are kind of expensive nowadays, though. That's fair. And also, like, you seem very less enthused about it, but. Uh, yeah, I'm... Kobe's Kobe's great, but I don't, I don't want okay, Kobe okay. jerseys. How about this? How about this? Everyone right. has a Kobe jersey. True. So let, let me let me throw a twist on my initial plan. OK, so if the All Heat right. win, if the Heat win the championship. If they win the chip, if they win the whole friggin' thing, I'll buy you a Miami Vice jersey. You buy me a Miami Vice jersey, but we each get to pick what player the other person gets. I'm about it. I I, like this plan. Because here's the thing. It's like, do you go Jimmy Buckets? Do do you go, like, the star, or do you go someone else? Is there someone else? I mean, you know, do, do I... You know, if every other game in the Celtics Heat series plays out like this, do I get you a Bam Adebayo jersey just because he helped shut down the Celtics? And he blocked Jason Tatum's game-winning dunk that he was well over the rim for. Yeah, no. Uh, that, yeah. Like, do, do I do that? Do, do I hit you of, with the stinger? Not a big fan of Bam Adebayo right now. <laughs> not gonna lie. Had no quarrel with him until about 20 minutes ago. <laughs> right now? Woo. All right. Well, Heated that- with that man. That that seems like the plan, okay? Well, if the Heat win, we'll buy for each other, and we'll get to pick the uh, the player for each other. Square deal. All right, that sounds like a good plan. It's just, it's the player is full secrecy though. Like we'll yeah. buy it and ship it to the other person's house, and then the other person just has to unbox it, and it's like, well, you got to you got to film a reaction though. You got to film a reaction for the social. Exactly. Exactly. Right. Nice, nice. I'm about this. I'm about it too. Let's go Miami. Well, do, you, do you want to root that now or do you want to wait until the Celtics actually lose the series? No, I got to wait till the Celtics actually lose the series if okay. they lose, which I don't want them to. But still. Yeah, there you go. There you go, bud. 